Welcome to the Lessons for Living television program. My name is Bill Santos. Thank you so much for watching. On our program today, I have the temerity to talk with you about the most familiar parable of all. Ordinarily, it's called the parable of the prodigal son. But in our program today, I'm going to give it a new title. As we look into it, I'm going to call it the parable of personal freedom. The record of the story as our Lord gives it to us appears in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 15, beginning at verse 11 through verse 24. There was a man who had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far country. And there he squandered his property in reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country, and he began to be in need. So he went out and hired himself out to one of the citizens of the country, who sent him into his fields to feed pigs. He was longing to be fed with the pods the pigs ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring quickly the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. Bring the fattened calf, kill it and let us eat and celebrate. For this son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Now, I'd like to investigate the story itself and get the lessons that are here. You see, in, in the books of the Old Testament penned by Moses, there was a provision made for the division of a father's estate even before his death. In other words, if a father decided that he was going to retire, but he wanted to be around, perhaps to give a bit of guidance to his sons as to how they would manage the estate, provision was made for that. The father didn't have to die to divide the estate, but it was usually left to the father to make that decision. You see, in this story, something seriously wrong. Apparently, this son has lost his love for his father. 
So with great callousness of heart, he comes and he says, Father, you're going to die someday anyway. I want my part of your estate. I don't want it later. I don't want it parceled out to me after you're gone. I want it now. Now, you can't come away from that kind of attitude with anything else but the feeling that this boy has lost his love for his father. He's an extremely callous young man. Now, how do you think his father felt about this? Well, obviously the father had to have been heartbroken. But the father didn't argue with him. You notice there is no record of an argument. The father said, son, if that's what you want, I don't believe it's the best for you. But if that's what you want, I'll give you your portion of the estate. It appears that very soon after the boy had the estate in his hands, that without delay, he left and he carried his money with him. The record makes it very plain. It doesn't say exactly how long, but it says that he squandered his money and he squandered his health. He was finally reduced to poverty. He hired himself out to a man of that country where he got a job feeding swine. And he was so hungry, he wanted to eat, eat the garbage that the pigs were eating. Then comes the most charitable expression, I think, that can be found in the New Testament. It says, he came to himself. He repented. He came to himself. He, he thought it all through. And he came home and his father accepted him. Now, up to this point, all that most people see is a nice, moral little story. Oh, but there's a great deal more involved here. And that's what I want to get into today. Just what is really at the bottom of this story? You see, the greatest question in the world is the question of freedom. Freedom of speech. Freedom to take your passport and leave the country if that's what you wish. The freedom to vote as you like. Freedom to worship. Freedom of the press. Freedom of religion. The greatest question in the world today is freedom. So why did this young man want to go away? It irked him terribly that he always had to do what his father wanted. He wanted to be independent. I want to do my own thing. He felt that there were too many restraints. You know, don't do this, don't do that. I am sick and tired of being told what I can do and what I can't do. You see, this young man had a distorted idea of freedom. Because that's not freedom at all. That's rebellion. That's anarchy. The father says to his son, my son, you are free. You are free. You are accountable to nobody but me. You're my son. You can come to me anytime you like. My whole kingdom is yours. 
Isn't that freedom? Now, what kind of conclusion might we draw here at this point? Because this is precisely what was happening in that home. You can see it. You see, I don't believe there's any other parable that the Lord Jesus gave that so clearly defines the nature of sin. What is sin? Well, sin is the desire to be independent of God. To live as though God did not exist. Sin is trying to get along without God. But you say, well, that's not what my Bible says. My Bible says, and I'm going to quote chapter and verse, in 1 John chapter 3 and verse 4, everyone who practices sin also practices lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. You see, whoever commits sin transgresses also the law. The committing of the sin is there before the law is broken. Did you get it? The sin, the rebellion in the human heart is there first, and then we go on to break the law. The breaking of the law is second, not first. The sin is there before the law is even broken. So let me tell you what sin is again. Sin is the desire to be independent of God. You know, I don't care what you say. I don't care what the law reads. Thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not kill, or lie, or commit adultery. I'm going to do it all my way. You see, it's because of wanting to do our own thing that we violate the law. This young man thought that if he rebelled against the law, then he would be free, that that rebellion would make him free. He failed to understand that there is no freedom without law. Let's go back to the book of Exodus. In Exodus chapter 20, verses 1 and 2, look at what it says. Right, there's something here that maybe you haven't thought of before. Right, it says, Then God spoke all these things, saying, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. The Lord delivered them from bondage, and then he gave them his law. It was a law of freedom. I have brought you out here to deliver you from bondage and to give you my law that you might be free. This is exactly what that young man didn't understand. The law of God is the law of freedom. Now listen to this. The Lord said, thou shalt not bear false witness. Don't tell lies. Why? Well, that we might be free of the fear of discovery. Thou shalt not steal. Why? That we might be free of greed. Thou shalt not kill. Why? That we might be free of hate. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Why? that we might be free of lust. Thou shalt not covet. Why? 
that we might be free of discontent. This is what that young man did not understand. But he very quickly made two remarkable discoveries. One, he discovered that after he got out and got into doing his own thing, he discovered that he was not free. He found out what we all must find for ourselves. There is no such thing as absolute freedom. We have freedom within the law, only within the law. This young man now found himself bound and shackled, but in a different way. This new obligation that his so-called freedom had put him under was more complete and more dreadful than anything he had ever complained about in his father's house. Sin is the bondage. And this young man finally came to himself. It finally dawned upon him. Look, I'm in bondage out here. I'm in slavery to my own wants. I'm in slavery to my own passions. He discovered that he was the lowest servant of all, doing the dirtiest, stinking job that could possibly come to a person to tend to pigs, a swine tender. It dawned upon him that being a child in his father's home that was real freedom. And he was hungry for that. Now, let's come back to our story. He came to himself. He did not say, and, and I think there's something in this, he didn't say, oh dear, I'm going to miss that lovely pigsty. He didn't have to be persuaded or have to persuade himself to leave this lovely country. He turned his back and he was free. He turned his back with joy. There wasn't any looking back. He came to himself. He came to himself. Why? Because no one is themselves apart from God. God made him free to be everything that he could be. Don't you get fooled that there is freedom outside of the Father's house. Don't get to looking out there. There's nothing out there for you but slavery. He rehearsed his speech. I'm not going to dwell upon this because you're all familiar with it. He rehearsed his speech as to what he was going to say when he is reunited with his father. And he said, Father, take me as one of your hired servants. Maybe just one observation here. In the family of that time, there were three classes of people. There were the children. That was, you know, there was, of course, the father and then the, the children. They were always safe under the father's roof. The second class were the slaves. They were owned, and th but they had a guaranteed security. But the hired servants... Well, they could be paid off on any Friday afternoon. They had the lowest tenure. And so this young man thought to himself, you know, the hired servants, 
the ones that have the lowest place in my father's house, they have it better than I have. So he said, I will go back to my father and I will make an honest confession. It finally has come home to my heart that I have sinned. Now, if you notice, when he came back home, he never had a chance to make the speech. The father stopped him and said, no. No, he stopped him in the middle of the speech and said, put a robe on him. Bring the best robe and put it on my son. I've often wondered why the father didn't let that young man make the speech. And I think it's because the father, God, isn't interested in our words. He's interested in our hearts. Now, there's one significant thing here that I must tell you as we come to a close. It's this. What didn't happen? You notice the boy didn't say, you know, I'm going to kind of straighten my life out. I'm going to make a few dollars, put a few dollars in my wallet. I'm going to go out and get a new suit. Going to take a bath, get me a nice tie, you know, get all fixed up. Right? I'm not going back unless I go back respectable. No, he didn't do that. He came just like the old song says, just as I am, without one plea. So let me just speak to some of you listening to me today. Some of you may have been hesitating on the borders of becoming a Christian. You may have the false idea that you got to do this and you got to do that and you kind of got to straighten out your life, don't get that idea. I mean, the devil will see to it that you never get your life straightened out. You're never going to have a few dollars in your pocket and a new suit. You're never going to wash yourself of the stench of the swine pit. You just come home. Come with all of your problems. I don't care what they are. God doesn't care. You just come home. Now, just as you are. That's what the prodigal did. And he was accepted by his father. His father saw him while he was a great way off. And the father ran down and put his arms around him. The father said, bring the best robe and put it on my son. Now, why did he do that? He said, I don't want my son to be embarrassed. I don't want anybody to see my son's rags. I don't want my son to be embarrassed. Cover it all up with a robe of my righteousness. And so the father gave him a robe, a robe that he did not deserve, a robe that was given to him by the grace of God. And then the father said, put a ring on his finger. That was not an ornamental ring. It was a ring that had the family monogram on it. And when the father put that ring on his son's finger, he was not a hired servant. He was not down at the bottom. The father was restoring him 
to his position of sonship. He was made a son again, not because he deserved it, but because of the grace of God. And then he said, put shoes on his feet. You see, he had lost his freedom in the bondage and in the slavery of sin, and the Father made him free. Put shoes on his feet. He did not deserve the robe. He did not deserve the ring. He did not deserve the shoes. Salvation is entirely by the grace of God. We call it righteousness by faith. That's what this story is all about. Only the person who lives and breathes in the marvelous light of the love of God is truly free. Only such a person can have peace in their hearts. For if God shall make us free, then we shall be free indeed. Let us pray. Our gracious God, our loving Heavenly Father, thank you for freedom. Thank you for bringing us out of the bondage, the slavery of sin, and into your marvelous light. Father, may we experience the freedom of being followers of Jesus Christ. If anyone within the reach of my voice right now, Father, is hesitating about coming home, may this story encourage them to come just as they are and feel the warm embrace of their Father. Bless each and every viewer, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we've come to that time in our program that we call the book offer. On each and every broadcast, we'd like to make a resource available to you, something to help you better understand God, His nature, His character, and His desire for all of His children, including us. Well, today is no exception. We have this book here. It's called Words of Hope, Stories of Everyday Living. I'm not sure we've ever offered this book. And so if you're new to our broadcast, we do this on every single broadcast. Uh, this resource, in this case, this book, will come to you by mail, postage paid. There is no obligation whatsoever on your part. You're never going to receive an invoice for this book. It is a gift to you, our viewer. If you'd like to get this book, then pay close attention to the information we're about to provide. To receive today's free offer, you can log on to the Lessons for Living television website, www.l4ltv.com. That's the Lessons for Living television website, www.l4ltv.com. You can also write us at Post Office Box, 27030 Simcoe Conlin Post Office, Oshawa, Ontario, L1G0A3. And we would be happy to send the offer out to you. That's Post Office Box 27030, Simcoe Conlin Post Office, Oshawa, Ontario, L1G0A3. If you live in Canada, this offer will be sent out to you free and postage paid. For viewers living outside of Canada, shipping charges will apply. 
If you wish, you can order this offer by calling our 1-800 number and speaking with one of our volunteers at 1-800-972-0337. 1-800-972-0337. Operators are standing by now. While on our website, you can leave a prayer request, and if impressed to do so, donate to help keep this ministry on the air. Thank you for your support. Well, we've come to the end of another Lessons for Living television program. Thank you so much for watching. Uh, before we go, I just want to remind you of some of the resources we make available to you so that we can stay connected in between broadcasts. You know, one of the best ways for you to stay connected with our ministry is to contact and visit our website, l4ltv.com. On the website, every program we have ever aired is accessible through that. And so if you have a friend or a family member that happens to live outside of the geographical area where our program broadcasts, you can send them to the website and they just click on the tab that says previous programs and that every single program is accessible to them from there and they can watch it at their own convenience. Uh, on the website also, we have um, uh, archived sermons. These are messages that I've given live in different places. We try to tackle some of the more perplexing questions that people ask. Why do bad things happen to good people? Who or what is 666? What happens to us when we die? Why are there so many denominations? And you can watch the video presentation and then you can download a PDF a study guide that will help you uh, just as you can you know help you further understand that topic and encourage you to do some self-study on those particular topics uh, there is a live appearances tab where I'll be appearing live there is also a tab that says donate today where you can uh, make a donation if you feel so impressed to do so we are a charitable organization every dollar donated is eligible for a receipt that you can use for income tax purposes. Remember to follow me on Instagram, Santos underscore Bill, every morning, 6.30 a.m. Eastern Time. Put out a one-minute devotional video. It's a great way to start your day. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Subscribe to our SoundCloud page. Like our Facebook page. Follow me on Twitter. These are ways that in between broadcasts, we can stay connected and we can be sharing information back and forth. Just before we go, I want to remind you of another aspect of our ministry that is the overseas humanitarian work that we do. We send volunteers and, uh, to the Philippines, to South America, Paraguay. We work with the indigenous people in the Chaco region in Paraguay. And so that part of our ministry is called Mission Now Canada. And so if you visit the website missionnowcanada.com, you're going to see uh, some videos and some pictures of previous mission trips, right? the kind of work that we've been doing over the last number of years. And you'll be also able to see what upcoming mission trip we have. And maybe you can make plans to join us. It is, I know it sounds cliche, but it is kind of a life-changing experience to get out there and to visit some of these remote areas in the world and provide assistance that is so desperately needed. So check out missionnowcanada.com. If you can't join us on a trip, 
maybe you can make a donation to one of those specific projects. We are all out of time. Thank you so much for watching. We hope to do this again next time. God bless you. We'll see you then.